Well, this morning I want to share and um, with you, uh, kind of, I didn't intend it to go this way, but it has kind of come out this way, but uh, I want to share with you just a little bit more um, and it kind of goes along the lines of our core values. You know, over the last couple of weeks I've been sharing with you, we have six core values as a church. And I've not intentionally been uh, following them, but it seems uh, that that's the way that it has I've been led to go. And uh, so for those of you that haven't been here, I'm going to share with you uh, quickly what they are. And uh, just so that we'll all be on the same page. So uh, I'll say it this way. Is that you're like, well, what are core values? It's what motivates us. It's, it's the motivation for everything that we do. And uh, so uh, the first one is that we believe big. And so I, I said it this way is that we don't pray safe prayers. And uh, we're going to believe God and we're going to just... Take him at his word, and it doesn't mean we're going to be foolish, but if God says do something, we're going to do it, and if he says believe for something, we're going to believe for it, and we're going to pray big safe prayer or big unsafe prayers. Why? Because we serve a really big, great God. And uh, so we're going to believe big. We're going to believe God to use our church in a mighty way. Uh, we're not going to be satisfied to just say, well, we're going to fill our niche and fill our role. No, we want to change the place that we've been called to. And uh, we want to see the glory of God fall in this city and in this region. And, um, you know, and so that's why we're here. And so we're going to believe God that, hey, you said you would pour out your spirit. Well, we're a church and we want you to pour out your spirit here. And uh, so that's the first one. The next one is that we serve others selflessly. Uh, We want to be a place that we have a heart for people around us. And even if it cost us that we would rather... Uh, we would choose to make the sacrifice that if it would be a blessing and a benefit to someone else. Uh, the next one is this, is that we care for the lost, the hurting, and the sick. In other words, we take a personal responsibility if our neighbor is not saved. Yeah. Like, how many of you realize that? If my neighbor's not saved, it's my problem. You know, I've shared this before, but I'll share it real quick. But there's a guy who lives across the street from me, and I'm pretty sure he's not saved. He wouldn't even wave at me for months. I mean, just wouldn't do it. I'd wave at him, like, hey, how you doing? He might go. Half the time they'd see me and they'd go inside or walk away. And I'm, I don't know. I mean, somehow our, my neighborhood has found out that I'm a pastor. So maybe that has something to do with it. And they're like, oh, that's just, I don't know. But uh, I, f- I figured out the key to reach his heart. And it seems funny. It was raking leaves. Because he keeps his yard immaculate. I mean, like, a leaf falls and he's out there with his mower. You know, I'm like... Man, I got stuff to do. I mean, I believe in a clean yard, but golly. And, uh, but I was out there uh, one day, and I was bagging up leaves, and, he, and I'm just doing my thing. And all of a sudden, I look up, and he's standing there, and I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? Well, it turned into this big, long conversation. He now waves at me. And so, you know, and you say, well, what's that got to do with the kingdom of God? I'm building a relationship with that man. He comes over and we talk and now and now, you know, there's a bit of a relationship. And so and why? Because I want to make sure that man is saved. And, um, you know, and so, um, you know, but I take it personally. I want to he may be saved, but I don't know. Uh, You know, I would assume just by some certain things that he's not. But I don't know that. But I want to make sure. And so I want to take that personally. So, you know, even if one of my neighbors is sick or hurting or, um, you know, I've got an, an elderly gentleman in our neighborhood and. He's the kindest, most gracious guy. And he came, you know, when we first moved in and he brought us food. He brings us food all the time. And I'm like, he brought us some strawberry cake last week. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know where he got it, but I didn't care because it was good. And, uh, but he showed up with some cake. And, you know, and, and, but, you know, I mean, I've been able to help him do some things around his house because he's not able to do it. Now, he is a believer, but, you know, but still, uh, you know, 
he's not able to do certain things. So I'm going to take that as my personal, uh, you know, uh, responsibility to help him. And, uh, you know, even if people are sick that, hey, I'm going to pray, you know, uh, even if people at work or those around me that, hey, I'm going to take it like it's my responsibility to be Jesus to them. And that's what I mean by that. Um, and so to care for the lost, the sick and the hurting, we're going to be Jesus to people around us. Number four is that we're going to live out generosity. And uh, so we're going to live generously. We're not going to uh, just be about us and what we want and take care of us. We're going to be generous. We're going to think of other people and we're going to sow seeds. And uh, we're not going to hold back and be stingy. Uh, this is the way I'll say it just because it communicates. We're not going to be cheap. Uh, if, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. That's just something that's just... That's just that's just something I believe. And uh, just to the core of who I am. So we're not just going to buy the cheapest thing. We're going to buy the best thing. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean we're going to extravagantly spend money, but we're going to do research and buy the things that we need to buy and so forth and so on. You know, uh, just kind of give you an example of this. Uh, you know, we just uh, bought a computer for the sound booth back there. We've been having some issues. Well, I didn't just go, you know, I didn't go to Adam and say, hey, what's the cheapest thing that will get us by? <laughs> No, we said, what's the best thing to do and w- that will enable us to do ministry? Well, it costs a little bit more than the cheapest thing on the market. You know, but we were smart and, you know, we kind of watched some things and we bought what is going to enable us to do ministry and not frustrate our people that have to run it. <laughs> Scott says, amen. And uh, because you're like, you know, I mean, you don't realize how frustrating that can be until something doesn't work. And then if you're the one who's back there having to mess with it, it's frustrating. And, uh, you know, but even in those types of things, but even in our community, we're going to do things. I mean, many of you remember like the tailgate party. We spent like $2,500 on that for a few hours. But that's a seed that we're sowing into our community as well. You know, and so, but that is what it's about. So we want to be generous. We want to model generosity, not just as a church, but even as individuals. And so that's part of who we want to be. Uh, the fifth one is this, is that we are kingdom builders. In other words, we make the kingdom of God a priority. We're serious about the Great Commission. We're serious about seeing people's lives touched and changed. And so we want to have that mindset. Uh, we want to put the kingdom of God first in our life. Uh, and the last one, which I'm going to share on this morning a little bit, is this. And I said it this way, um, just to communicate it, but is, uh, is that you are gifted. We believe that you are gifted, that every human being alive has a God purpose and a God reason and a God function. He created you specifically the way you were for two reasons. Number one, to bring him glory and because he liked you the way you are. He wanted you the way you are. God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't uh, put people together and be like, whoops, (laughs) sorry, didn't mean to do that. No, God actually built you the way you are. He wired you the way you are. You think the way you are. You're a collection of skills and talents and abilities and all kinds of stuff that make up you. And so we're going to talk about some of this this morning uh, because I believe that we are better together. And I believe that I have certain skill sets, but it doesn't mean I can do everything. And why should I do things that I'm terrible at? Because somebody is actually gifted. Like the, I, I say it this way. There are things that drain me that empower other people. That I mean, they come alive in those moments. You know, and so there's things. And how many of you know there's things in your life that drain you? How many? All right, let me just give you an example. How many of you are numbers people? Like you love budgets and numbers and all that kind of stuff. How many? So which one of you balances the checkbook? How about that? You're into that. How many of you that just frustrates the mess out of you? Yeah, so that's a good example of, of a different wiring. 
But like for me, I actually enjoy it. And Dara's like, I could care less. Just, just tell me the bottom line. And I'm like, you don't see all of these numbers and it's beautiful. And she doesn't see it. But we're wired very differently. But on the flip side of that, she's very artistic. Well, I'm very linear. I mean, I see black, white. I mean, I see a few colors here and there. But she's all artsy and all. But we complement each other very well. Uh, you know, in that way, because, uh, you know, I kind of always make the joke, or used to anyways, is that she would make it on the computer and I'd figure out how to make it print. Because I'm the techie computer kind of person. And that's true. She designs it and then she gives it to me and I'm like, okay, now I'll make it print right. You know, and that's kind of the way that we even work. But even in that example, you know, you have skills and abilities and talents that God has placed in you. You know, and so many times I see it where people understand it in... um Maybe in their profession, in their outside life, but they don't make the connection inside of the church. And they don't see, well, how does my job connect to what I do here? Or maybe how I could be involved in an area here. You know, and the truth is, is that your job may have nothing to do with how you serve in the church. And it may, but it may not. And so I want to share some things with you this morning about this. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to First Peter uh, chapter 4. We're going to look at a couple verses here. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. God has given each of you, this is verse 10, I don't know if I said that. So God has given each of you a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts. So let me just settle a question. You are gifted. Whether you realize it or not, you have an ability from God for his purpose. He says, uh, God has given each of you a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts. He says, use them to serve one another. So you're not supposed to sit on your gift. You're supposed to use and to serve with your gift. He says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then you should speak as though God himself were speaking through you. He says, do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and the energy that God supplies. It says, then everything you do will bring glory to God through, the, through Jesus Christ. So here we see where it talks about that. Look, here's just, and this is a pretty short list, but it, not everybody is called to stand in a pulpit and preach. But you know, I'm not the only one either. How many of you realize that? We have other people that have giftings and abilities and they're different and they're, they're, you know, but yet they still are gifted and even more importantly, anointed to stand and to declare the word of God. You know, I, I mean, and look, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not, none of this. But, like I have a friend of mine who's on vacation right now. He's a pastor. And we were talking this week, and he told me, he said, I already know my people won't come because they know I'm not going to be there. Well, you know, Pastor, I want to hear you preach. Yeah, but you also need to hear from other giftings. That's why we have, like, Brother Egan coming. That's why we have other people. You know, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's part of it. But God has gifted and anointed people to be able to communicate the Word of God, not just me as the pastor. There's other people in our body that God will use in that manner. But not all of you are gifted in that way. If I grabbed a microphone right now and I walked over to you and said, Hey, why don't you come up here and preach? Some of you would clam up and maybe wet your pants, right? I mean, you'd just be like, no way. That, that's not me. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, it's just true. Why? Because we're gifted differently. There are some people... That would love nothing more 
than to go back there and hang out with some kids and some babies right now. And then some of us are like, uh, <laughs> Lord help me. Why? Because we're not gifted that way. We're not wired that way, but there are, all of us have unique giftings. Some of us, and, we, and sometimes I think we attribute it just to personality. Well, who gave you your personality? Well, I'm not a, you know, well, let me use this. Well, I'm just a people person. I just like people. Okay, but who wired you that way? Who created you that way? Who gave you that desire to connect with people? That's a strength in your life. It's a God-given ability that connects people. I mean, there's actually a gifting that I see. And, you know, I'll share something here in a few minutes about this. But um, where it's a type of personality that helps people connect with one another. I don't necessarily have that gift. My wife does. Here's an example, another example of a difference between me and Dara. You know, like, uh, if we do something, doesn't matter what it is, let's just say we had, I said a minute ago, a tailgate party. I'm like, it was great, we had a lot of people, it was a lot of fun, blah, blah, blah. Dare's going to be like, yeah, but I saw that one person who was left out. That one person never connected. Well, that's a, that's a gift and an ability in her to see what I don't see. And so she helps and compliments even what God has called me to do. That's why he sent her to me to help me, right? Well, that's true. In our relationship, but how many of you realize that you have been gifted and have been sent to this place to help, what? To fill a gap. To fill a place that you are actually gifted for. What drains somebody else will energize you and will bring life to you, will give meaning into your life. And just as it says here, is that when we, um, that we're to use our gifts to serve one another, but even that we're to do it with the strength and the energy that God supplies. You know, there, are, I mean, you know, obviously I preach it, but, you know, I don't always feel like preaching. Sometimes I'm like, man, I'm tired. Quite honestly, I slept terribly last night. I woke up about every hour and a half, two hours, and then I couldn't go back to sleep. But what happens? I've got to actually pull upon the anointing of God and say, God, I need some strength this morning. I don't feel like doing this. I wanted to stay in bed this morning. I mean, our alarms went off and me and Derek had a brief conversation. Who's going to the shower first? <laughs> I nominate you. Right? I mean, I'm just, look, I'm just being honest with you. I don't just wake up on Sunday morning just like... Ah. It's so glorious. No. I wake up and I'm like, is it really that time already? <laughs> it cannot be that time this morning. And there are days and moments where, hey... Even for me, even for anybody that is involved, anybody, that there are days it's just like, okay, God, you've gifted me, and I need some strength this morning. And I need some help this morning. And it says here that God will help you. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. It talks about, it says this, it says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. He says, we are many parts of one, of one body, And we all belong to each other. It says, in His grace, God has given different gifts to to do certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as He has given you. If you have the gift of serving others, serve them well. Now this is talking about a specific type of serving, by the way. So you're like, well, I don't don't have that gift. You still got to love people. You still, gotta, you still have to help people. And so it goes on. It says, if you're a teacher, teach well. Verse 8 says, if your uh, gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. You ever been around somebody like that? 
You don't know why, but every time you get around them, you just feel better about yourself. I mean, you know, our pastor's wife in Kansas was this way. She, she would find something to compliment you on. Just, it didn't matter. She'd be like, you get a new haircut? No, ma'am. Well, you look great. I mean, just, I love those shoes. Where did you get them? I'm like, you don't like my shoes, you know. Hey, but, man, she just, she was such an encourager. She's a constant. I mean, she just finds something to compliment. And, and, but it was genuine. It wasn't put on. It wasn't fake. It was just who she was. You couldn't get around her and not just be happy and be, feel better about yourself. I mean, you kind of left her thinking, I am pretty awesome, Anna. You know? And, and that's the way she made you feel. Like you were just special and God loved you and she loved you. She just had that ability to encourage. Some of you have that ability. You may not even realize it. Sometimes, you know, I remember um, there was a lady in our church in Kansas. It goes along with this. It talks about um, here. It says, if you have the gift of prophecy, let them prophesy with all the faith you have. Well, I have a note in the back of my iPad that I still have. That was from, I don't know, a long time ago now. I still carry it. I've showed this many times. 2011, May 1st. A little note from a lady. She came up to me. I was preaching on a Sunday morning in our church. She said, the Lord told me to give you this this morning. She handed it to me. Because I was, back then I didn't preach very much in front of adults. And so it always made me nervous. I mean like really nervous. Like I couldn't sleep nervous. And um, she brought this to me that morning. Because she, she said, I was praying for you yesterday. And she said, how did you sleep last night? I said, I slept great. And she was like, I prayed that you would. And I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that because I did. And she gave me this note. And it says, um, she dates it and says, uh, and this is what it says. It says, David is well able to deliver a message that will uplift the people of God. He is well able. Well, I began, I just told her, I said, you have no idea how much that encouraged me. So I began to tell her, I was like, that was prophetic. And she was like, what? Like prophecy. And she's like, and I was like, well, what is prophecy? To encourage, to exhort, to lift up. I said, and that's what it did. And she looked at me just as blind and just, she goes, I've been sending the letter, letters and notes to people for years. And they always tell me how encouraging and how much they it just bless them. And she's like, I had no idea that was a spiritual gift. Why? Because she had a predetermined idea of what prophecy looked like. She thought she had to be up here like this. Thus saith the Lord. You know, not at all. A little note. No fanfare about it. Just a little note. She had no idea. And I'm like, well, according to scripture, that would qualify. Because, man, that, that did something for me in my heart. And she had no idea. See, some of you have talents and abilities that you just think it's just you. Not realizing that it's actually the gift of God in you. Not realizing that what God wants to do. And so it says here that if you have the gift in verse 8 of encouraging others, be encouraging. If it's in giving, give generously. There is The Bible actually talks about that there are those who have a gift of giving. That doesn't absolve the rest of us from sowing. And, but there are people who, that's their gift. I mean, it's a unique gift, but... That's, they live to give. They really do. And that's the motivation of their life. Um, you know, and so it goes on here and it says, uh, if God has given you uh, leadership ability, take that uh, responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. This is like the gift of empathy and compassion is really what that's talking about there. You know, there are some people that just, they feel the hurt of others. They're just, they're moved. The Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion. 
And he acted. Well, some people, they just have that connection to people. And they're like, man, they take that verse literally when it says, weep with those who weep. They just, they can't help it. They surround that. And why? Because it's just who they are. It's their gifting. It's their skill set. See, some of you are wired that way. Anybody think you have that gift of compassion and empathy? That, man, you just, you're just moved. You can't help it. You can't stop it. Why are you crying? I don't know. <laughs> That's a gift of God on the inside of you. To come alongside of people that are hurting, people that are wounded, to love them, to see God work in their life, to pray for them. I mean, I remember one time my brother-in-law, who's a, he's a psychologist guy, and uh, we was a good friend of mine from high school. And um, we were talking, and I said, I don't remember what the situation was. And, uh, but I had went to be with a, a family, and I don't remember all the circumstances right now. And I said, man, I just didn't know what to say. He said, so I just sat there. And he said, that's the best thing you could have done for them. He's like, just your presence in the room was good for them. You know, and that's the thing is that for all of us, there are skill sets. And the thing is, it's not just tedious or something that we are forced in. There are, there are some of us who are actually geared that way. That we're wired to go and to be love and to compassion and to get, bring comfort. Some of us are skilled mechanically. We work with our hands. Those are actual giftings of God. You think, well, that's just the way I am. I'm just, that's just what I do. No, those are giftings that God has placed in your life. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. I'm going to read this out of the New King James Version. It says, speaking the truth in love, which we're always to do. He says, uh, that you may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. It says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together... By what every joint supplies. You realize that you have something to offer? You do. Every joint supplies. It says, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the uh, growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. God has uniquely gifted you. And so what we want to see is we want you to actually step into your giftings and your abilities. Maybe even at another level. If you remember earlier this year, uh, back in January, one of the things that the Lord uh, really stirred in my heart was that we would have growth from within. And I had to pray and ask the Lord. I'm like, well, what does that mean? I was like, because I understand some of the other things that he had given me. And part of that is, is exactly this. Is that some of you would begin to step into greater degrees of the ability that God has placed in you. Maybe they're there. Maybe they're laying dormant. Maybe you've only stepped into it to a degree, but yet God is wanting to increase you in that ability. God is wanting to increase you in even the anointing on your life to stand and to do those things in your life. And, and so I want to remind you of that, but we want to give you an opportunity that you would actually get to step into those giftings and those abilities, those callings, those things that God has placed in you. And here's one of the good things that as you serve, you take ownership. You take ownership. This doesn't just become the church that you go to. It becomes your church. It, you know, I mean, I'll give you an example of this. Me and Micah, many of you know Micah lives with us and he serves with us. And, and so the other day we, were, uh, we, we have a, uh, a renovation project that we've been working on for a few months. And so I was talking to him and I was like, I want you to think like an owner. And he was like, you know, we were, so we were having this conversation. I said, you know, I said, because there's people who think like employees and there's people who think like owners. And he was like, and I was like, let me give you an example of this. I said, you see all those screws on the ground over there? 
I said, most people see screws. I see money. I said, why? Because I paid for those screws. <laughs> and I see like, you know, extra this and extra that. And I see this waste. I see. I was like, most people just think, ah, it's, it's just trash. No, that's money to me. Why? Because I'm an owner. It, it actually, I actually had to pay for that. <laughs> you know, like I found a whole bunch of screws in the trash and it frustrated me. Why? Because that, that's money. But I'm thinking like an owner. But, you know, even here in the church, when you think like an owner, if you see trash, you'd pick it up. It's not, well, that's not my job. It's not my responsibility. No, this is our church. This is, you know, and it's a small thing. And you're like, well, yeah, but that is somebody's job. Not really. It's our job. You know, I mean, even and we and look, and our church is very uh, and has always been very good about stepping in and filling in. I mean, I remember last year during our marriage conference, we didn't have enough help, and Matt and Brooke jumped in, and they were supposed to be part of the conference, and they were back there watching kids. Why? Because there was a need that needed to be filled. And they just jumped right in. They said, "What do we need to do?" I mean, they were here to work to you know receive. From the Lord on their marriage. And they're back there serving. Why? Because they have an understanding that, hey, we're enabling somebody else to be in the sanctuary. To hear from God. See, that's being kingdom minded. It's understanding, you know. And I I mean, I don't know. But I'm going to assume that I don't know that either one of you would consider yourself kids ministry people. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Matt says no. Brooke says not anymore. That's the synopsis of that. But yet there was still a need. Yeah, Uh, you know, and so there are times like that where, hey, we just got to jump in. But I believe it's best when we each can figure out our giftings and our abilities and then we can function in the very thing that we actually have grace in our life for. You know, for some of you, this freaks you out completely, like the thought of me handing you a microphone saying, hey, come up here and talk. It just totally freaks you out. But there are other people that, man, that energizes. And we're different. We're just wired differently. And so, uh, you know, one way to communicate this is this, is that God has given you um, unique abilities, talents, and gifts. You can take the word shape, S-H-A-P-E, and it's this, it's spiritual gifts, it's your heart, it's your abilities, your personality, and even your experiences. That's part of what shapes you into who you are today. So I'll repeat it in case you're taking notes, you want to jot them down, you can't. Spiritual gifts, your heart. Your abilities, personality, and your experiences. This is a bundle of talents that make you who God wants you to be. You know, when we were uh, during the marriage conference, there was a a session. It was talking about strengths-based marriage. And uh, they, they made a statement, which for some of you may know what this is, some of you don't. But there's a book called Strengths Finders. And basically, they broke it down. They said, hey, there's, is it 34 or 35 strengths, Laurie? Four, I think. Yeah, 34. So there's 34 basic strengths. And basically it said, you need to find out what you're just wired at in a, like the way you, you are wired. They give you your top five, like greatest strengths, this and that. And so, uh, I won't go into all the details of it. Basically, uh, mine and Dara are very different. We have one in common. We're very different, but that's part of, you know, opposites attract. And so, um, you know, that's part of it. But, uh, you know, one of the things about that is, that they said, and I thought this was really interesting because I'd never heard this statistic. So how many of you ever heard of the Gallup poll? You ever heard of them? It's a pretty well-known research. They're the ones who actually 
sponsored and built this whole thing. It's called Strength Finders. If you're interested, I would encourage you to go online. You can get the book. It's like 15 bucks, I think. And uh, you can go take your assessment and they'll spit you out like, hey, these are your five strengths. It's kind of, if you're into that kind of stuff, it is pretty interesting. Um, you can get the books online or whatever, but it's pretty neat. But anyhow, one of the statistics uh, that he shared during that session was this, is that there are only, that the, like the chances of somebody being wired with the same five top strengths as you was this was one in 33 million. So there is one person out of every 33 million who are wired like I am. So let me kind of make this even more of it. There are nine people in the United States who are wired like me. That's what it breaks out. That's what it comes out to be. There's 310 million people live in America. Divide 310 by 33 million. There are just over nine people. Statistically, that are wired like me. No two of us in this room are wired the same. We may have a certain trait or two traits or three traits that are similar, but none of us are wired the same. And that's by God's design. It's not His mistake. God designed us differently, uniquely. Why? So that He could use us. We're a manager of those things that God has placed in us. Think about the parable of the talents. One day God's going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? And He's not really going to be talking about money. We always think about money because that's really the context of the passage. But you have skills, you have abilities, you have things that God has placed in you that he wants you to use for his glory and for his kingdom purpose. And so we are managers. They're not our gifts. I'm a manager. I don't own it. And so part of it is that I'm to serve the body. To use who I am, the way I am, the way God's created me, the way God has shaped me to serve. And sometimes those things are visible and sometimes they're not. We're not all musicians in here. Not all of us can sing. Not all of us can clap. Right? Well, let me say it this way. Everybody can clap. Not everybody can clap on beat. (laughs) I ain't looking nowhere, okay? I'm just going to look up. But guess what? If you're not our drummer, you don't have to be able to clap on perfect time. If you're our drummer, it'd be kind of nice. <laughs> Make sure y'all... But guess what? That's a gifting in them. And other musicians also have to understand tempo and time. I mean, I get all that. But that's important. I don't care if you can't clap if you want to... If you love our babies. If you can take a screaming baby and just hold them and they calm down. And you can transmit that peace on the inside of you to that baby so that their parents can come in here and be touched by the word of God. See, that's a gift and an ability to love and to pray on them babies and, you know, to pray over those babies and, and to see God. And then to go back there, even like in our kids and to teach our children and, you know, and help them build a foundation for life based on the word of God. You know, we, I mean, we've got areas of youth and then we've got greeters and we've got tech people and we've got this and we've got that. And we've got all kinds of areas that you can be and really find your place. Here's one of my uh, just uh, great desires is that we don't find needs and say, hey, we need you to fill this. Now, there's times we put Matt back there with some babies during the marriage conference last year. Lord help the babies, right? But he jumped in there and did it. But I'm not asking Matt to go back there every week. Why? Because he's not even gifted. That's not his area. But somebody is gifted in that place. 
And it might be you. It may not be you. And there may be, you know, you may just be a very friendly face. We need you at the front door to welcome people when they walk in. You just love people. You might have a gifting. Now, this is kind of like a different thing, but yet I, I just want you to say, you may be similar to Dara in the sense that you see when somebody's not here. Okay, so what do you do with it? Do you get their phone number and say, hey, I just noticed uh, I missed you at church the last couple of weeks. I just want to call and check on you. And just You're like, well, that's the pastor's job. <laughs> sort of. I mean, yes, to a degree. But if God has pointed that person out to you, you might have that gift to just be able to say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. Everything all right? Oh, you've been sick. Well, can I just pray for you? I just want to let you know I was thinking about you. Let you know that I love you. Have a great day. Takes a couple minutes. Doesn't have to be an hour-long phone conversation. But that's a gifting. And that's a way that it can function. Let me give you an example, a couple of examples in this from the Word of God. In Exodus chapter 31, <clears throat> Exodus 31 verse 1. Um, well, hold on, let me see. Is that where I want to start? Yeah. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Exodus 31 verse 1. Now we're in verse 2. It says, Look, I have specifically chosen... Bezalel, son of Uri, um, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Now look at verse 3. I want you to catch verse 3. He says, I have filled him with the Spirit of God. So the first qualification was that God's Spirit was in him. It says he filled him. It, giving him, because he would, now this is another aspect, because he was filled with the Spirit of God, it gave him great wisdom and ability and expertise in all kinds of crafts. Says he is a master craftsman, an expert in working with gold and silver and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. A master at every craft. And he says, and I have personally appointed, I don't have a clue how to say that guy's name or his father's name. <laughs> from, the, from the tribe of Dan to be his assistant. It says, moreover, I have given um, special skill to all the gifted craftsmen so they can make all the things that I have commanded you to make. Now, this was the instruction about the tabernacle. And God was very specific. How many of you know that heaven is a beautiful place? Like with craftsmanship that I don't know that we can even fathom or understand this side of heaven. And yet the tabernacle was what? It was an earthly, uh, really duplicate of what was in heaven. And God says, look, I don't want some craftsman who doesn't know what he's doing and is not familiar with his tools. So, and let me say it this way. It says, the way it says it is that he's filled him with the Spirit of God. Let me kind of say it another way. I have anointed that craftsman to work with his hands. You say, well, you know, and I understand we all have different ability, skill sets, whatever it may be. And yet here it says that God actually anointed a man to work with his hands. Some people are just naturally geared certain ways. Some people, you know, take technology. It frustrates the mess out of some people and other people can get in there and just figure it out. How do you know what you're doing? I don't. I just get in there and figure it out. Some people are like that with cars or 
you know, electronic stuff. And I remember when I was a kid, my dad, we had a TV and it went out. My dad put it out to the curb. Well, I was a curious kid, and so I was like, Dad, can I have that TV? And he was like, it's broke. And I was like, I know, that's why I want it. I took it apart. I didn't know what I was looking at, but I got the TV back working. So when I got it back working, guess where it went? To my bedroom. (laughs) It was trash. I didn't know what I was doing, but yet I'm mechanically minded. And there are things that God has gifted you in, just as it says about these men here, that the Lord had actually given him an ability and an anointing in what seems to be just natural. Some of you function in the anointing of God on your life and aren't even aware. I mean, my dad's a salesman. That's what he does. But he's gifted. I mean, he is. My dad is not one to come up here and stand in front of people and talk. Not going to do it. But he could talk to that wall all day long. And people just like him. We call it the gift of gab. I don't know if it's probably not scriptural, but he can just talk to people. He never meets a stranger. Just, and everybody likes him. He just has a way about him. He's a salesman, but not in a used car salesman kind of way. And, uh, you know, um, but, he, but that's a gifting in his life. And he's been able to use that in the church and outside of the church. Why? Because it was part of God's design in his life. Well, you have those skill sets and those abilities exactly like these men did. There are things that are unique to you. You're, you're wired a certain way for God's glory. To bring glory to Him. To touch people through your abilities. And through your talents. And through those things in your life. And, and so, um, well, let me read you another verse. This is another similar verse, but it comes out of uh, 1 Kings chapter 7. 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 13. It says, King Solomon then asked for a man named named, uh, Hiram to come from Tyre. It says, he was half Israelite since his mother was a widow from the tribe of Naphtali and his father had had been a craftsman in bronze from Tyre. It says, uh, Hiram was extremely uh, skillful and talented in any work in, in bronze and he came to do all the metalwork for the king of Solomon. Now, what was Solomon building? The temple. Again, it was a... He was building the Lord's temple, which was incredibly beautiful. And yet we have another example here where this guy who is uniquely skilled comes to the house of God to build it. See, there are those of you who have, have giftings in leadership, but yet you think, well, I'm, I just come to church. No, you're gifted in leadership, and there's actually a role here. You're just not aware of it. God has deposited things in you and has given you experiences And here's the thing, some of your giftings you're not aware of. Just because you're gifted doesn't mean you know. There are things that, that, you know, Dara tells me this on a regular basis because I do some things and I just think everybody thinks like I do. Or I do something and I'm like, well, it's not that big a deal. And she's like, I don't know how to do that. And she's like, not everybody thinks like you. I'm like, oh, Why? Because there are things that I do just out of skill set and gifting, not realizing, totally unaware. I just think, well, that's just normal. And there are things like that that they just come at ease for you. One of the easiest ways to find what your giftings are is this. What just comes natural? What, what brings you joy? Here's two things. 
Two ways that you can find some of the things that God is leading you towards. And sometimes they're in your gifting, but many times it's this. is what do you love and what do you hate? What brings you joy and what drives you crazy? Like some people are organizers. You know, they want everything to be in its place. And I've got a spot for that. And that's that you actually have a gift in organization. And you just think, well, I'm just OCD. We've actually labeled that as something bad. <laughs> I take exception to that because I got a little bit of OCD in me too. So my closet is going to hang a certain way. And I want it clean. It's going to be color coded and it's going to be everything's gotten in the right place. When Max gets in there, I'm like, Max, what'd you do with my stuff? <laughs> he just looks at me. I can't wait for that boy to start talking. Like, Go find my stuff. Put it back. That day will probably never come, but <laughs> just gonna like hotwire it if he touches it. Just, you know, <laughs> cattle gate up there. No, but you, you just think, well, that's just that's just my personality. Well, no, I mean, like here's another example. There are some people who just love to host. I mean, their day they just love open up their house, have people in it. And some people are like, I don't want people in my house. And what's the difference? You're actually gifted in that way. You, that energizes you. You know, I mean, like, because I, I, I picked on him, but I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm kind of introverted. Like, a lot. Micah is not introverted. <laughs> like at all. He's a real people person. So we, I kind of tease him all the time, you know. Of course, he lives with me, so, you know, he's, an, he's a target always there. So, <laughs> you know, it's kind of easy. But the truth of it is, is that I have to get my mind right to be with people. Like, I have to, like, prepare myself mentally. Why? Because people drain me. Now, I'm called to pastor, so go figure that one out, right? <laughs> like, how do you pastor but people drain? Like, the Lord is a mystery. That's all I can say, okay? But Micah can be dead tired. And he sees a new person. He's like, hello! <laughs> like... Fallen out. Why? Because people energize him. That. All right. Let's just let's just do a poll. How many introverts do I have in the house? How many extroverts do I have? Right. And so, what do you extroverts say? Y'all need to come hang out with us, so you introverts can go have some fun, right? Isn't that the way that goes? That's a gift. It's not just personality. That is actually the way God has created you so that you can actually help and to help uh, really implement the way God has created you to touch people. Now, there are introverts. Most of them are in the sound booth. They're hanging out behind a computer somewhere. They, they want to be, you know, don't look, don't talk, just leave me alone. I, I'm comfortable here. But yet, I mean, I kind of pick on the introverts, but typically, and I don't mean any insult to those people who are extroverts, if I need something that I just got to get done, and I'm like, here's the task, let me go find an introvert. Because the extrovert's going to go, people. And they get distracted. <laughs> right? And the introvert says, you know, they're there doing their thing, and then they're like, somebody walked through the room? <laughs> yeah, 15 people did. I never saw it. So, I mean, but you see the difference. I mean, 
there's about half and half. Some of us are wired for people. Some of us are wired not for people. But we still need each other. We still make each other better. We are better together. And it's when we each find our place and we each find our role and we actually realize that God has created me uniquely for a purpose by His design, that I'm not a mistake, that I'm a unique collection of talent and ability and skill and experience and all these things so that I can bring glory to God, so that we can reach more people. And see, and that's our, that's our hope as a church is that, hey, we, you know, not everybody's going to connect with every one of us. They don't have to. But they do need to connect to somebody. That's part of why we have groups. Because it helps you meet people and find out. Who, who do you connect with? Who can you do relationship and do life together? I mean those types of things. And you are uniquely gifted and, and talented. For a purpose by God's design. And so uh, one of the things that we have this morning for you is this. Right outside the doors, right there in the book nook to the right, uh, there's a booth. We're calling it the Say Yes booth. Okay? So this is what's going to go on. We have every ministry in the church listed out there on little cards. And what it is, it's going to give you a brief description. What does it mean? I mean, we have people who pray at the altars with people. That's one of the ministries in the church. We have kids, we have youth, we've got all these different things. And we've got some new things out there that uh, you you may or may not be aware of. But... There are just things that you like, man, I just have a heart for that. You may not even say, I just, you know, because again, you go back to the shape thing. Part of that was your skills, but also your heart. And you may say, well, I don't know if I'm gifted in that, but I have a heart for that. So what we're going to ask you to do is before you leave today, I want you to stop by there. Look at some stuff. Look at them. And then there's a card that says, and, and you can fill it out. It says, say yes. And you say what areas that you're interested in. I'm not asking you to commit today. What I am asking you to do is to stop by there today. Do I need to say that again? Are we sure? We'll say it again. I'm not asking you to commit to it today. What I'm asking you to do is to stop by there, look at it, and say, is there an area that I feel led towards that I could be a blessing to? Because the truth of it is, and I'll just be honest, our church has been well under-resourced for a while with people. The same people are doing the same things week in and week out. The same people are, are, are serving our children right now. And they do it more than they don't do it. And my heart is that, hey, that it, you know, and, you know, I remember in Kansas they had this saying. I've shared it many times, but I've never heard it until I moved there. And they talked about, had this phrase, and it says, many hands make light work. You know, and the thing is, is that uh, statistically speaking, they say that... Um, you know, 80% of all the work done in a church is done by 20% of the people. And yet that's not really God's design. That's not God's heart. Because that means that we have people who are really overextended. And so they, they get to burn out. But if we'll all join in, as it says, that as every joint supplies what? It's unique part. I'm not asking you to do something that you're not gifted to do. I'm not asking you to consider doing something that you hate. This isn't torture. No, what I'm asking you to do is say, hey, what does God have for me? Because the thing is, when you step into that place, you're going to find the grace of God, the ability of God, the life of God. You're going to find energy that comes from your spirit, man. Why? Because you're tapping into who you've been wired to be.
And so that's what I'm going to ask you to do. It's not a hard sell. Oh, fill out the card. It's just info. We're giving you info. So see, this is those people helping me, right? Perfect example. They're, you're, so you're going to look out there, fill out a card, check on there or write on there what, you, what you're interested in. Again, you're not committing to it. What you're saying is, hey, I, I think I might be. And then we're going to help you figure out if you are. You know, and so, uh, you know, we just need help, quite frankly. We need help around the church. And the thing is, is that God sent you here for a purpose. And it's more than just experiencing the presence of God. There's a, there's a part of that, yes. But there's also a part of giving out. That's why, uh, just as our core values said, hey, that we serve selflessly. In the church, out of the church, yes. And so, uh, you know, I just want to encourage you this morning. Number one, don't believe the lie that says that you're not gifted. You are. You have abilities. In America, that you're one of nine. There's nine people who even have five of the 34 skill sets like you do. Now, if you went to all 34, I would say you're one. You're the only one like you. In the world. You're, you're unique. And God has brought you to this place for a purpose. And for a reason. So don't let the enemy uh, lie to you and say, Well, I can't do this. And I don't want to do that. And that just, you know, this or whatever the reasons may be, the, the cause may be, or whatever you want to, however you want to say it. But God has uniquely gifted you for a purpose. That's why you're here. It's so that you can serve, but also so that others can serve you and to be there and to love you and to help you. And as we all do our part, the whole body grows, matures, and actually we have the ability to do greater things together. Amen.